but I recognized him because I had encounters with Jesus and I loved Jesus and I just wanted to find someone who loved Jesus. And as soon as he walked in, I was like, you're a real Christian. And that session was different. Something in me like reawakened. Hey everybody, welcome back to the uh, Irish Global Green Room today. We're here with my friend, Josh Silverberg. And uh, it's good to have you in here. Who is Josh Silverberg, you might be asking? I ask myself that. I'm I ask myself that about you all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Josh, I, I met Josh through a friend. And uh, what turned out, we connected at my 40th birthday, like right upstairs. And we've stayed connected since. And I love it. I really fell in love with you. I'm in love with you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really fell in love. I really fell in love with with who you are when you jumped on the phone mm-hmm. with my friend as he was in his last last month as you cried like cried out and pressed in for his healing and prayed. I mean, I, I get to meet a lot of people as do you, but you really know you get to see a glimpse of who, who people are when you're in the trenches with them. And I watch you jump in the trenches with uh, my friend, the family, and as they were crying out for healing and uh man i was like dude i don't care i don't care what anybody says like this dude is freaking gold not that anybody said that you aren't but like i i literally was like that's that that dude not only loves the lord but he walks the walk and uh i was so impressed by your heart for the lord your heart for crying out for healing you know i see a lot of people in ministry around ministry that go after praying for the sick, but they don't, they don't love the people. And the one thing that I walked away with from that encounter was how much you actually loved my buddy, Richard. And I know that shouldn't be rare, but it, it, it is because you just, you see people just going and doing praying and prayers, but you could tell you really, really were crying out. And I love that. And I know you've, you've had some experiences of being healed. So we're going to jump into that today. I'm going to stop talking as much as I can. So in a nutshell, who is Josh Silverberg? Oh my goodness. Yeah, welcome. Let's go. Come on. If, unless you um, want me to take a swing at it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I don't even know how to answer that. Yeah. Let me, let uh, me. Dad? Yeah. I'm a dad. Yes. Come on. I've got kids. Um, two beautiful children, an amazing wife. So I'm a dad. Um, my job like day-to-day is music okay you know mostly in mainstream tv film most of the time and then occasionally i get the opportunity to write some worship stuff and that you know that was maybe the last seven or eight years have been in that space yeah and then previously a lot of kind of christian music Mm -hmm. and then before that i traveled around in an indie rock band yes which i've listened to it's spectacular by the way so that band was Edison Glass for the few people that knew about that. But we played, got to play with some of my heroes like Blindside and those folks. Dude, I was just listening to Blindside last night. Yes. I love Blindside. I worked security for one of their shows (laughs) years ago. And like security, they handed me a vest. Yeah. And they said, don't die. Yep. No way. Yeah. So they were one of my favorite bands like you. You know, I'm just like, wow. But if you're into that, you know, stuff back in the day, we weren't ever that hard rock, mm-hmm. 
but they picked us to go on tour because they liked our music. That was really cool. Were they just out in Nashville? I'm not sure. I thought I saw a poster. I don't know if they're still playing. Uh, About a Burning Fire is one of my favorite songs ever. I, I love those guys. I, I feel like you mentioned that to me, but I'm putting yeah. it all together now. If you guys can do the sing scream and be yeah. amazing at both. Yeah. That guy can. Norway or Swi- Switzerland? Sweden. Sweden. Think, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love those guys. Yeah. Um, okay. So when you say you're a producer, you meet a lot of people out here in Nashville. I'm new here. So I'm meeting people in the music world and you hear a lot of like you, you can throw a rock and hit a producer. You can throw a rock and hit a musician out here. It's legit. Like they're everywhere. And honestly, incredibly talented. And then you get people that not only do that, but they're very successful in it. And I would put you in that category from the people that I've met. When you say you worked on movies, we're talking Marvel movies, Disney movies. There's a plethora of TV shows that you've done work on that most people have watched. Uh, you've won awards, Grammy nominated. You, you've won a dub award, right? Um, I've nominated for a lot of them, but haven't won one of those. <laughs> I thought I thought yeah. I read that you had won an award for the the river. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah, I thought you won a double award. I did yeah. did you? I don't you know. don't know? God, I love that about you. Uh, but you've actually done something pretty impressive in the music world. Praise God. Yeah, and yeah. and continue to. And then I think for probably most people that are watching this, they'd be very familiar with a lot of the worship songs that you have co-produced with with people. So I could go through the list, but it's really, really long. But some of the big ones that probably most everybody watching this would know would be... Like maybe some Jesus culture stuff, mm-hmm. like Miracles, mm-hmm. um, In the River, Fierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some like Brandon Lake songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you work closely with Brandon. Too Good to Not Believe. Oh, and, I love that song. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. Um, so walk me through your process because I find this fascinating. My parents are artists, so I grew up around creative types. I yeah. do not have that gene. Oh, come on. I yes, don't. you do. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. You are creative. Well, like biblically, yes. Like Jesus loves everyone. So <laughs> yes. But at the end of the day... Uh, I, I, I watch my parents' creative process. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. What is your creative process? Like, how do you go from waking up in the morning to writing house of miracles? Um, wow. That's interesting. It's all different. So there was probably one of my favorite weeks. It's not always like this, but this was a special week with Chris Kilala. And this is when he just asked me, he met me. I wasn't working in worship music. Um, And it's pretty like people like ask, you know, like me, how do you get to where you get? And any success I've had, I've never tried to get there and strategized. You know, it really does come from loving people. Mm. You know, all of it, praying for the sick. You have to love people. You know, anywhere you go, you just have to love people. And, you know, years of doing Christian music, maybe seven years into it, obviously I love Jesus, 
but I didn't have an opportunity to write worship music because that wasn't where the connection was. It was more like newsboys, auto adrenaline, you know, in that whole world. And then, you know, Jesus culture comes along into the path of, you know, capital. So that's who I was signed to as as a publisher. Okay. And then they around they send me this this A his name's Chris York, and I def there's people in your life that God puts there that really helps open the door. Mm. You know, so I never really opened a door, but this this is the guy who signed these indie kids out of Long Island in the band I was in. Yeah. Took a chance, brought us to Nashville, um, and then got me in writing with people. And then people started hiring me to to produce their records, and I was just like laughing at it. I'm like, they want to pay me money to do music. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't even make sense, you know. And so then that that kept going. And seven years into that, I meet Chris Kilala, and we spend like a few minutes writing. And I guess he sees something. You know, it's like something about you is different. Can you come to my house for a week? And I get there, have maybe five worship songs to my name, like when I was in high school and was a worship leader. You know, some of that, maybe 10, you know. And we start writing, and it is, it is unusual, like getting dreams at night, writing, you know, the dreams in... Um, I remember the day we wrote Miracles, and it's the third song we write, and Stu G is in the room with us who, you know. I don't know guitar, who that is. Guitar player for Delirious. Okay. Which Oh, yes, yeah, Stu, yes. I've amazing. Amazing guy. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's kind of like a hero kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, wow, I can't believe I'm in the room with Stu G. You <laughs> know, like, I just, my first really encounter with music well, probably be Keith Green as a kid. And then the next wave would be the song Obsession from Delirious. Like, I would just put that on, and that would be my time, so good. you know. And um, so I'm in the room writing, and I'm just like, Chris, why don't we write the song you had a dream about? You know, so it's me, Chris, Stoogie, Dustin Smith, um, who's a local pastor actually here in Franklin, Hope UC. Yeah. and Fantastic church, by the way. Love those guys. And he's, Dustin, I mean, he's the first real Christian that I met in Nashville. So that's a whole sidebar. <laughs> but he walks in to the songwriting room. Dustin does a different time before this miracle session. Um, and I looked at him and I said, he didn't say anything. I'm like, you're a real Christian. I was surrounded in the industry. It was the seriously the dark one of the darkest parts of of my walk you know i was working 15 hours a day addicted to pornography mm. um feeling dead anything to numb like i hated the music i was working on i don't think anyone liked it and going nowhere my god was music just i want a little yeah. bit of context so you were doing worship at that point, I was Christian, in CCM. So you're working in the Christian music industry. You're addicted to porn. But you're already putting out this music that's being heard by the masses. Yeah, in the CCM space. Yep. Um, and just a slave to the machine because my identity was broken. I had lots of sexual brokenness from being abused. Mm -hmm. 
and never dealt with it, you know, never dealt with the true demons yeah. that were surrounding me and all, all in my mind and soul and all that stuff. And Dustin comes along and instead of getting what I was getting in those circles, which was manipulation, control, fear, you know, just a slave to that thing, he walks in and I was so desperate for Jesus. But I recognized him because I had encounters with Jesus and I loved Jesus. And I just wanted to find someone who loved Jesus. And as soon as he walked in, I was like, you're a real Christian. And that session was different. Something in me like reawakens. And you, that's why community is so important. Mm. I felt so isolated, mm. you know, so alone. Would try to numb the death I was feeling with yeah. more death. Yeah. And that started a shift. And so, and the belonging was really big too, because I heard people talking about, oh, there's something happening in a basement. Mm. I'm like, what is that? People are encountering God. I'm like, yeah, I need to be there. Yeah. And they, you know, Alex and Henry spoke so, so much truth, so much identity, you know, and slowly these things started unraveling. Yeah. Slowly deliverance happened in my life, wow. you know, and discipleship. And how long ago was this? 2015. Okay. So not that long ago. So you're working in the Christian music industry. You're yeah. not in a good place. Mm -mm. You met the Lord at how, how, how old were you when you met him? Um, when I was young, like maybe I gave my life to Christ at like a vacation Bible school. Mm -hmm. right? Let's go VBS. And then I had a very serious encounter, you know, probably when I was around 12, where Jesus visited me in a dream. So I never sh like doubted the love of God because mm. I met Jesus. And when you meet the love of Jesus, no one can convince me otherwise, no matter what happened, mm -hmm. you know. And then, yeah, you. I went in all charged, like through the high school years, full of faith. Yeah. I was the kid picking up homeless dudes, bringing them to church. You know, like I would be wearing the goth stuff and then I'd have mm -hmm. a property of Jesus underneath my fishnet and yeah. eyeliner, <laughs> you know, going to public schools we'd play bars and clubs there wasn't a christian community in long island so you know you either were or you weren't yeah you know so i was all in you know and then i went to oru oral roberts university hoping to learn about healing because i was divinely healed of asthma when i was 16. okay and that that's a whole thing and the sh i don't want to go on and on about that but the short version yeah would be, I didn't know about healing and I wasn't believing for it, but I had asthma and I was born with that. And one, one like chapel service, I try to leave the auditorium and I physically can't. And this thought in my head gets louder and louder, like you should stay and pray, you should stay and pray. I'm like, I can't stay and pray because I'd be skipping class. Right. God doesn't want me to skip class right. in the loud, and then I go to leave and I physically can't. There's like this force keeping me from leaving. And I'm like, I guess I'm supposed to stay and pray. So I'm in this Christian school in Long Island, tiny, small Christian school. And I go to the back to the center of this auditorium 
with two other friends, and I start to have an asthma attack. And then the Lord speaks to me so clearly, and this has happened like three times in my life where it's this loud, where you don't know if it's audible. Right. It's so loud, it like shakes the inside of you. Mm -hmm. And I hear, Josh, I did not design you to have asthma. And I'm like, that's a weird word, design. I wouldn't use that. And I don't understand what you're saying because... Mm -hmm. That's against everything I've ever been taught. I don't know what you're talking about. Then this voice says, Josh, I don't want you to have asthma. I'm going, that's weird. I thought you're God. You get everything you want, right? Don't you just get it all? Yeah. You're God. You get what you want. And later, I now can read the Bible and see and understand, like when Jesus is weeping. Yeah. And he's like, I wanted you to receive my message. I wanted to hold you to my chest. But woe to you, you know, actually curse you because you rejected me. He did not get what he wanted. Yeah. So as hard as that to understand, there are times God doesn't get what he wants. And apparently one of them was me having asthma. And then, then the third one, I feel like this is God just, you know, giving me this so I would no, the other two was from him. He, you know, this voice says, and in this moment, it's keeping you from worshiping me. And I've, it's like reduced to the simplest thing. It's like, obviously God wants me to worship. And I'm, I can't when I'm having this asthma attack. Right. So I guess he doesn't want me to have it. So then I just got my friends to pray for me and I was healed. So like, you, on like, the spot, you're like, "Hey, I, I'm hearing things, friends. Like, pray for me." I just told him, "There's a lot that goes on that I wouldn't share with people." Right. So I was just like, "Can you guys pray for my asthma?" And they're like, "Okay." And then I was healed. And then, you know, like had soccer practice that night and experienced being winded on my own accord for the first time. Wow. And I was like, "Yes," <laughs> you know, like I never felt what it was like to get to full capacity and then be tired because the asthma would come out. Yeah. I was the kid with the inhaler, yeah. you know, walking around all the time, went to the hospital a few times, like for close calls on that thing. So it Did was you have like a nebulizer every night. Were you one of those kids? Like not every night, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, when it got bad, I would be on that thing, yep. steam baths, mm -hmm. you know, like it was a, it was a thing. It yep. wasn't a light thing crazy okay so that was 16 yep and then you i traveled with edison glass the band i was in and i would share my testimony in bars and clubs and then also when we play christian shows but i would never pray for anyone hmm. because i didn't even know that was possible so i would share i was healed and i would end with just believe hmm. because no one modeled it until i saw the holy ghost movie okay that was the second time I experienced God shake me with his voice. And these are Darren Wilson's movies. Is that, yeah? And I'm just now remembering that you play a part in that situation. I, I don't remember which one I was in. So Furious Love. Was I in Holy Ghost? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I know Furious Love. It might have been Holy Ghost. Jamie Galloway and I were in that one. Yeah. But that was, so I watched all those movies. Yeah. And then specifically when I saw the scene with Todd mm -hmm. outside of the church, yeah. 
and people were being healed, that shook me to my core. And the Lord spoke to me and said, like, this is available. Do you want this? You know, and there's a part of me that first got angry. Like, why didn't the church tell me? And then that anger subdued very quickly, subdued yeah. when it's clearly in the Bible. Yeah. So it's I can't get mad at anyone. <laughs> what church did you grow up in? I'm a great church, non-denominational, yeah. kind of messianic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Church on the Sound in Long Island, great church. But And they believe for stuff. And then maybe yeah. you'd heal, hear about someone being healed, but no one's really modeling right where i grew up like hey we're gonna come against this thing hey we're gonna and then see it yeah yeah you know like in the way you would see it in those movies so i started praying for people in songwriting rooms and the first person healed um was uh, a platinum selling artist that i were working on the sing his single Mm -hmm. And I was really scared because it was the first day working with him. So there's a lot at stake. I didn't know if he believed in this stuff. He, he would just like, you know, get out of here. <laughs> you right, know, right, right. there's all these fears. And I still was riddled with demons. I wasn't free yet. Yeah. You know, and God, like, there's a calling over your life. And no matter how messed up you are, you know, the Lord wants to grow you in your walk, in your relationship with him, in your calling, in your identity, in all of it. But there's not one day you're ready for it. Right. Like some people delay. They're like, oh, I can't do this. I don't want to encourage this guy. I'm still this. Mm. Why do you negate God in you like you have something to do with it? Yeah. You know, is it about you? Well, if it is, then no one should do a damn thing because... We're all, we all deserve hell, right? So if we were going by what, how good we are, right? No one should do anything. Yeah. But if we're going to how good God is, yeah, I think we should love everyone we see. Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, my opinion, people don't jump out and and start and walk what the Lord is very clearly called all believers to, because of the junk that's in their life, right? They don't disciple because they know if they disciple people they're going to be discipling all the garbage that they carry. So we justify it. Uh, but I find once you, once people get a taste, like taste and see how good he is, how, how much he, he moves in those that are hungry. Uh, it's hard to go back, right? It really is. It's hard to go back. People, it sounds like in your, in your walk, it, it really came to you without you knowing much about it right like the the praying for the sick i know you were hungry for it but you got healed it sparked something you know you you saw god move in a way that you had never seen before for me it was that that was it was my same experience right like i grew up around the church i had my goth days right i I had (laughs) whether you believe it or not no i had some bands like i'm definitely (laughs) we were definitely no good it played played in bars um but once I encountered the real, there was nothing, there was nothing that, there was nothing else I wanted. I was ruined for everything else. And I had no idea what I was doing. I had absolutely no idea. 
I, I love it. So I get it. I get what you're saying. Yep. It's that spark, right? I, I love Paul says, fan into flame over Timothy, fan into flame the gifts of God. And the King James says, stir up the gifts of God, right? Fanning and, and stirring. It, it's an image of the small. It's putting yep. movement on the small. The fan into flame, it's an image of a, of a small fire or a spark or an ember growing and increasing. Yeah. You know? For so, God didn't give you spirit of fear. No. Yeah. But I definitely had one. Yeah. And I remember praying for this guy, like asking, hey, can we, I pray, and I'm just thinking on all the YouTube videos that I watched on how to do it. Dude, oh yeah, hold on, time out. Do you ever, this, I gotta say this, because you came, you said something I'd never heard before. I'd never heard anybody say this. You said, when we first met, you're like, I was discipled by YouTube. And in my heart, I'm like, red flag, red flag, red flag, red Get flag, red flag. Yeah. He's a I'm heretic. like, oh my God. What? Like, I'd never heard that. But then you, you explained it to me. You, out of this place of zeal and hunger, you, you know, you didn't have access to everybody. So you just jumped into the messages. Yeah. What would you say? Five to seven hours a night or something like that? Yeah. It was after I watched that Holy Ghost movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single night, hours and hours and hours, just in tears. And about four months before I prayed for someone, that's how much encouragement I needed. <laughs> and like the Lord's like, okay, now's your time. I'm like, me? No, I just love watching people get healed. Like, mm. I, I don't have to pray for anyone. Like, yeah. this is just beautiful. Like, we have this thing. Like, I watch people get healed and I'm crying with the love of God yeah. and I can just do this forever. It's like, no, like you go and pray for people. I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Would you categorize yourself as somebody that's bold? No, but at the same time, I would would have been the kid to do something that no one else would. Like, like in fifth grade, yeah, you know, like they bring the stink bomb or whatever to school, and they're like, "You throw it, you throw it." I'm like, "I'll do it." Okay, you know, like there's something. There's a part of my personality that wants to do something that people aren't doing. Mm-hmm. you know, whatever that part is. But generally, most people who know me know me as reserved mm-hmm. and calm yep. and not out necessarily outgoing. Right. And then it's more, it was always a shock to people when like they'd come to like a show because then I'd be kind of like crazy on stage. And then after I'm like, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> I thought you're like insane. Right. And like, no just it's fun there and yeah that makes sense yeah so that's kind of the deal so you get discipled on youtube get you're discipled. watching videos mm-hmm. like you know randy clark yeah. all, the, all the people nothing weird or new age just all jesus yeah. bible yeah all that stuff you know love john g lake love smith wigglesworth all that stuff and i asked the guy i'm hey he he has to sing and i'm he can't sing He's like, yeah, sorry, mate. I've got his throat infection. Right. Haven't been able to sing for two weeks. This is the platinum. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going, we only have one day. Like, first of all, we don't have time for this. I have one day with you. My only chance to get this single is if you sing today. So, like, practically, he needs to sing the song. Right. There's not another time. Right. And then this, you know, this... Let me reverse this by one sec, you know, sure. go back a little bit. So I have this conversation with my wife, I don't know, the day before. 
and I tell her, I need to go to a school where they teach you how to pray. You know, like I just feel the call of God to pray for people. And these guys, you know, at, that are healing people in Walmart and all this stuff, they must know something I don't. You know, these Randy Clarks, these Bill Johnsons, they must know something I don't. And she looks at me, she's like, nope, you don't need to go to school. She's like, if you feel like you're supposed to pray, you've got Jesus. You have everything you need. Just start praying. I love it. And I looked at her and didn't believe her. I was like, you don't get it. She's like, no, you don't get it. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> of course, the wife's always right. As much as I don't like to admit it, my wife is white. Right? 99.9999. And that other point one, I think I'm right, but I'm probably not. Yeah, I got you, man. So that's pretty much how yeah, it rolls. Let's go. And I'm, so we go the next day. So I have this session. I go to pray, ask the guy if I can pray. I'm so riddled with fear that when I hold my arm out, it's yeah. physically shaking in fear, not on some like power of God, yeah. but just terrified. You know, and really the devil's terrified of me learning the authority of Christ in me, in every believer. You know, the devil's terrified of you. So I'm shaking. We pray for healing for this guy to sing. Then he goes to sing, and he's like, you know what? I feel like I, you know, we can do this. We can try. So he's going to sing. He, we get to the bridge of it, and I get this check. It was scary enough to do it once, and I get this check from the Spirit. Do it again. And I'm like, it was so scary the first time. I can't do this again. Yeah. You know, and pray like I prayed on you. I learned on YouTube. Pray very direct prayers. Don't make it long. Don't make it about the thing. Just yeah. tell it what to do, and then move on. So I ask him, like, is it okay if we pray again? He's like, yeah. And, and I'm like, do you, like, believe in this stuff? Like, yeah, is, is this, this cool? a Christian artist? This isn't a Christian artist. Christian artist. Okay. Um, and he's like, yeah, this is cool, mate. You know, just pray. I'm like, okay. So we pray again, and it's, his voice gets, his voice totally comes back. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he goes from not being, it's full. It's, you know, everything comes back. He sings, he finishes, he goes when he leaves, I just uncontrollably start laughing. I can't stop laughing, you know. And I remember my daughter's like four at the time, and we go to the what I call the drink store, which is just like a super shady like <laughs> mart where they sell terrible stuff yeah, that yeah, sell yeah. drinks. It's good good like, spots. Let's go to the drink yeah. store, you know, and that's where I could walk to. So we go there, and I'm just laughing the entire way. And I text this dude, like, even though it's like, almost scientific at this point where we hear his voice came back. I still can't believe it. Right. So I text him. I'm like, dude, how's your throat? And they, you know, he texts me back and I'm just like, you know, like biting my nails, like, Oh man, I hope he's healed. Please be healed. Please God. That'd be so cool. If he's healed, he texts me back. He's like, well, I went to this other producer's house who did my whole last record and without me saying anything, he says, this is the best I've ever heard you sing. And I, just got the picture of the father's heart not only does he want to restore you yeah this is not like a fake charismatic thing so people please listen to me the lord wants to take you to more than what you had mm -hmm. better than how you had it like it's a restoration that's so godly that it's it's not getting to where you were but it's past where you originally were Come on. it's a healing that's so complete you know, emotionally, physically, all of it, you know. 
So I'm like, okay, that's the father's heart. So the next person writes with me. I tell them my one testimony. Then they say, can all right, can you pray for this? They get healed. The next person, they get healed. The next person, they get healed. And so then on Friday, I'm writing with a female artist, and she goes, well, I have tumor on my ovary, you know, the size of whatever. And I'm getting a little nervous at first, but I'm like, God doesn't look at this like this is a big deal. We do. Mm. So pray like how I prayed on the other stuff. We pray on Sunday as a church. She goes in on Monday for the scan and it's gone. You know, so that kind of sent sets me on a journey. And this is where it's a little different maybe than some that I've heard about, you know, like Todd and others that pray for a lot of people before seeing it. Um, for whatever reason, I saw a lot of healing, especially in the first year or two. Yeah. Um, and then it feels like different seasons where God will like grow me in an area, you know, like, and okay, now I want you to grow in like the prophetic area of this. Right. I want you to grow in to the deliverance aspect of the healing side, right. you know, and it feels like God's kind of like pushing you and growing you and your gifts because if the greatest teacher is the Holy Spirit yeah. and if the word of God is not changing and you get everything from that, yeah. those are the only two tools you need. And I would say the word of God, the Holy Spirit, and then YouTube practically <laughs> I love it. has been the most effective for me. Come on. You know, like that's what I was listening to on the way here. Yeah. I was listening to, um, Christ in you, like Bosworth or something. Yeah, FF Bosworth, man. Yeah, just the legend. That book. It's guess what? It's on YouTube on audio for free. Mm -hmm. So go. Got that playing in the car as I'm rolling around. You know, like there's, yeah, yeah. You you constantly feed yourself. I've noticed that about you. You're you're always listening to things. You're you, always growing. Let me just let yeah. me ask you a question. Because there's a lot, there's a lot that's happened in your life, but one of the things that I think did a major shift in your life was what took place in South Carolina. Um, could you could you hit on that? Because it really, I, so when when I met you, uh, my the guy that uh, travels with me right now, he's his name's Dylan. He's from South South Carolina. And you were sharing about, we were all sitting out around hanging out and you were sharing about this miracle at this church. And Dylan's like, hold on, stop, wait, what? That was, that was you like, and, and I guess it like the word spread around South Carolina it went further than that, but an, an amazing healing took place that shook this church of how it was. A, it's a fairly large church, right? 25, 30,000 people, something, like something that. like that. Can you share the story? Of, yep. of what what happened uh, you have a friend that's a worship leader at this large church that was dying um he had what they ended up diagnosing as ms of the stomach mm -hmm. um and just for five years he was in constant decline ultra rare kind of autoimmune and it got to the point where he was just kind of skin and bones and throwing up like every day yeah um and that nothing was helping so there was not a good, there was not a hopeful situation for him yeah. um well through being in the music industry we had a mutual friend so then on the phone 
Um, we talk about healing for about 20 minutes. I didn't know him. He's a stranger at that point. Um, this guy was playing guitar for like Need to Breathe and different folks. Um, had to come off tour and all that. And it's interesting. So I didn't know about kind of deliverance at mm -hmm. this time. But while we were praying, I start to get really mad. And it was almost like if you knew one of your kids was being abused. And, I, and we started praying this. I said, devil, you're a liar and you're a thief. I command you in the name of Jesus, return the health you stole from Micah right now. Return his mind to him. Return his body to him. Return the finance to him. Return relationships to him. Return everything you stole from now in the mighty name of Jesus. And the electricity hit him over the phone, is what he said, and went course through his body, him and his wife, just begin crying, and he starts making unusual sounds. This is all happening? Over the phone. Okay. So he starts making these sounds, and when I hear him, I'm going, that's weird. I'm pretty sure that's good. <laughs> so, like, and the only thing I could relate it to, and we laugh about it now, is if you ever saw the Grape Falls video of the lady who's squishing the yes. grapes. <laughs> And the sound she's making. <laughs> oh, God, we should, she hurt herself. Sorry. But yes, that was my childhood. Yes. That, that was like one of the first viral videos. He, that's <laughs> what he sounded like. Oh, my gosh. Josh. So we do like two rounds. Oh my God, that's <laughs> the best. This is the best moment ever on Green Room. I think we incorporated one of them. Yeah. Anyway. So he sounds like that. And then, you know, <laughs> and his wife are crying. I know we're laughing. And he's like, I feel like I can do this. I feel like I can move. I feel like I can run. Wow. And I'm like, dude, start running. Just run right now. Yeah. Like run. And then for the next two weeks, he's texting me. I did this today. I haven't done that wow. in years. Did this today. I played basketball today. I haven't done that two years. Ate this thing to, you know, haven't done that years. And he's turned it into a machine. Wow. So he prays for everyone he sees. He has thousands of healing testimonies. Like right. see, he's seen so many autoimmune diseases healed. And he was worship leader for this church that didn't really go after healing. Like this was, of course, they love Jesus. They, yeah. they believe that God can do anything. But this shook this church from what I've been told. Yeah. So, I mean, they were like every, like most churches mm -hmm. in America, they believed in it but they weren't necessarily going after it in yeah. the middle of a service like declaring healing that kind of stuff mm -hmm. that wasn't necessary thing or teaching you know on it mm. explicitly so that happened so then the pastor is doing like a service and wants me to come down to lead a miracle service at that church so when i get you know when i get there mm -hmm. um he has him greg and josh you know they've been growing this church for 30 years you know this is a big deal yeah they're like we don't let people speak here unless we have a relationship with them you know and then they're like we saw a clip of you at your home church and we thought you were a pastor we thought you had a ministry we thought you had all this stuff that's why we decided to that it was okay come. for yeah. you to come now that we know you are none of those things they're like, we understand this is the riskiest thing. Um, we think you're still supposed to do this. Please don't break our church. 
<laughs> and that says a lot. Is this one of the first churches you had ever spoken at? This is the first time I ever ministered outside of my home church. You know, so I did living rooms yeah. up to this yeah, point. Yeah. And, and it's not like necessarily my home church said, okay, you're doing Sunday morning, go right, for it. Right. But it would be like ministry times. Mm -hmm. They would pull me on stage almost against my will. Like, mm -hmm. come on, Josh. Yeah. They were so pushing me out there to do it. Um, thank you, Alex and Henry Seeley. So, <laughs> uh, so they take this risk and they're like, dude, don't screw this up. Yep. And then even more wild, Darren, I'm just telling you what happened. So if this throws anyone under the bus, this is what happened. So like that week, I mean, there's a couple days leading up to the church service. So then I'm at a table with 14 campus pastors for lunch. Mm -hmm. And there are all kinds of denominations within this, you know, because this is kind of non-denominational. So you can imagine the lunch starts like this. Yeah. People with their arms crossed looking at me, and this guy starts the conversation like this. So you're the healer, huh? But they invited you out, right? Well, there's four. It's Yeah. Yes. Like the head church, like the, the main church was like, hey, we want you to come. Yep. And here's our leaders. And there, and then you got like the Inquisition, right? You got yep. grilled. And Dude, I know what that's like. And I'm going, I just kind of start laughing and going, no, 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 no. You're the healer. Like, I never asked for this. Mm -hmm. This is not how it goes. I start sharing testimonies. And then those pastors started getting healed mm. right there. So it went from like, you know, why are you here? What are you doing? And they're just protective of their people yeah. because. They're the shepherd. You know, like. Yeah, they're the shepherd of their flock. I get it. They don't want someone yep. coming in. And there's a lot of crazy stuff. I get it. And truthfully, you know, like, I don't know. Like if I, if I saw me coming in randomly, I'd be like. Red flag. Yeah, dude, I was like red flag for days. When I first, I was like, okay, this guy's pretty cool and people I know like him, but I'm not getting this. Yeah, like he is not speaking at my church, you know, like get that guy away. Right. I don't know what his problem is. So um, especially because it's not like, there's nothing about that situation that's trusted. There's right. a series of like checks. Right. There, There isn't any of that. Like right. I don't have any of that. Right. So, no one can vouch for me. You know, there isn't any of that thing. Yeah. So that's beautiful. And then the service happens. And I guess on the list, they gave me 15 minutes to do the thing. And the short version of the story is like, we stayed to like 1.30 in the morning. It went like seven hours. No one wanted to leave because the air turned into electricity. Mm -hmm. And if you sneezed on someone, they were getting healed. Okay. And the first prayer from stage, I just did what I saw Todd White do, um, where he went through the body. Yeah. You know, like everyone hold hands, repeat after me. Yeah. So I just did that. Everyone hold, I, you know, I shared testimonies and stuff. And that's online, like on YouTube or like Facebook mm. or whatever this service. But, and then I went through the body, you know, migraines go, headaches go, yeah. people repeating back. And then I just, like Randy Clark. So I mixed a little Todd White and Randy Clark together to do my own little concoction. And now wave 
if you feel 80% better, yeah. wave. And all I'm thinking is, God, please let there be one yeah. person. Yeah. Just give me a courtesy wave. Right. Like, I'm going to look so dumb. Yeah. And it looked like, like 80% of the people started waving. And wow. then it went crazy from there. Like where, you know, people with muscle diseases being healed instantly, people out of wheelchairs, cancers healed, like people getting visions of Jesus. I mean, no one wanted to leave that place. And, you know, this one guy got out of a wheelchair, like in these different campuses are streaming into this one. So this guy was watching online and this atheist is posting. He goes, you guys know my thing, my friend Joe, who's been in a wheelchair since he was like 15, like for 15 years, he's yeah. 20, whatever, just got out when I've prayed for him. I've given my life to Jesus. Hold on, time out. What? You prayed for a kid? This guy's posting, this atheist prayed for his friend in the wheelchair while he is watching the live stream. And Hold on, hold on, I'm sorry, yeah. I need help. Okay, so there's a guy watching online, yeah, atheist, mm -hmm. with his friend who's a believer sitting next to him online, watching online, or is the believer in the wheelchair in the church? The believer is in the room online with okay. the atheist, so they're like watching in together. Okay, and the believer has his atheist friend there while they're both watching, and the guy in the wheelchair asks his atheist friend to pray for him while they're watching like what's going yeah. on at Seacoast and he gets healed. And the atheist friend is posting about it and he says, I just saw this with my own eyes. And I'm, this is happening during that seven hour service where you're supposed to have 15 minutes. Yeah. What's going on? Like Jesus rides into town on donkeys, right? He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. I did not come to you, Paul says, I did not come to you with words in which, in which men's wisdom speaks, but with power. What's going through your mind and your heart? I mean, I know you said, like, Lord, just have one. And I know that feeling. I know what it's like. You're just like, you put it all out there. But to see, to see it go from nothing to eight hours of ongoing miracles, like what was happening inside of you? At that point um were you just there it, were you like god let it happen again and you just kept going on were you like should i shut this down honor the pastors like what like what what was going on yeah it's just really surreal it was just surreal and yeah and it kind of it's interesting because you know, at that point, I would have had four years of YouTube, you know, so I was, you know, in 2016 is when a lot of people started getting healed. And this is 2019, 16, 17, 18, 19. Mm. So I had four years of steady, as I go, people being healed, mm. diving in, you know, so I had this. And it was almost like, I don't know, like, it kind of felt like if, if you wanted to be bass player, uh, sorry, if you wanted to be a baseball player and you were watching Derek Jeter or whoever for years and then all of a sudden you get in your first major league game and you're actually doing it. It just kind of felt like, what? I never thought I would ever get to this. Mm. You know, like I thought this was only 
this was only for a few selected right. individuals that I would read about. Yeah. You know? So, so do you think, let's talk about this just for a second. Do you think, do you think it's, it, it was your moment of faith? Like, do you th not, and no. I know that it's continued. So you were moving in miracles before, right? Yeah. God did this. Do you think that it was like this, this, the gift of faith that came on you? Do you think it was? I don't think it was as much as about me as you think. I, and which I, which is what I'm getting at. Um, like, there's a lot going on in that mm -hmm. moment that's even playing out four years after that. Mm. So Brandon Lake is at that church. Okay. And this, that week after is when they announce him in Bethel music. So his best friend is Micah, the one that was healed of autoimmune. Mm. Um, you know, four years later, I find myself on this tour with them because of that doing, taking what happened that night. Yeah. And we're doing that. Tastes of that. We're seeing, you know, um, on night on nights on tour in churches that aren't used to breakouts like this. Yeah. You so know. it's House of Miracles is the song, right? Or it's the album that you come come in halfway. If people can listen to it right now, it's it's House of Miracles, right? So if you go on, if you pull up House of Miracles halfway through, you're you're actually on there praying in, for healing in the live prayer, yeah. And then now you go on tour with them, and we basically do that live, like in the middle of Brandon's set. He'll invite me up, but it's a whole band effort now. So we'll do words of knowledge from stage. We'll do, you know, deliverance. Yeah. You know, we're just going after it. Pray just whatever Holy Spirit is leading that night. We kind of move in that direction. So it's, it's actually different every night. Like mm -hmm. one night, you know, I'm, it's the second night of the tour and I'm going up with the list of like testimonies to read. Mm. And I can't, I just hit my knees and start crying. And you just hear people start weeping. Right. Sovereignly, the Lord starts delivering people in, sac I think Sacramento it was, mm. um, at a church called The Rock in Sacramento. And it's like, okay, this is what we're doing tonight. Come on. You know, we're just following what God is doing, you know? Yeah. Um, why that night? <sighs> There was a lot of people fasting for that night. Mm -hmm. There were they called that night a night of miracles. Yeah. Um, which that church that was crazy. So then everyone was like, what is this? Right. You know, it was ending the 21 day fast for that church. Okay. So So is this this culmination of There was a lot of things yeah. happening at once. And the fruit continues to go on in in your life. Just just because of time, because we can sit here and talk. I don't even know how long we've been going. Yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. I love it. I'll, I'll sit here for hours. But I also know that our cameras were shooting this in 4K. And so they, <laughs> well, we don't have the biggest cards in the world. But uh, I, so you're, you're, you just got back from tour two days ago, right? So you're traveling around. You're now ministering. You go out and minister on your own, but you also are ministering with Brandon. Uh, God's. God's opening up all these doors, but you still are are doing music. Ninety percent of the time, at which I stinking love. I love this with all my heart because a lot of people. 
God starts using them and they're like, I'm going to become a full-time minister. Right. And I've watching you, you, you navigate this calling in, in music and worship in this creative gift. And you also take every open door that the Lord's giving you in ministry and you're not throwing one for the other. I think, I think you, you look at this as one, at least in our, in our, in my conversations with you. What was that process like of of watching this favor and but being like, but I know that I'm still called to do this thing that I'm really gifted at, which is music. Have have you had that question of like, should I just leave all this and go and do that? Oh yeah. I think I wrestled with it. After Seacoast, I wasn't doing a lot of music because I was coming back from Riding back on that plane, mm-hmm. it's like your life's upside down. Yeah. When you experience something like that, you don't even know what is up and down and left and right. You yeah. are so shooken to the core. Um, you're just like, I don't know what just happened, but that seemed pretty significant. Yeah. So, you know, I went to like maybe three churches, you know, and I went to Seacoast two more times and... I did music lightly because a lot of that's in my control, like who I write with and how I turn in music and all that stuff. So, and then COVID happened, Mm. you know. Oh my gosh, I forgot. You almost died. Yes, I had a near-death experience. Give me one second. I'm I'm not being rude. I want to see. Okay, we got got like 10 minutes left. And I got a few more questions for you. I'll tell the very short Go version for it, of that. Because this is stinking incredible. Go share, share. So during okay. COVID, during COVID, I get COVID yeah. like most people. Yeah. Except I wind up in the hospital, and you get a bad where your organs start shutting down, and you can't move. And the doctor comes in, the ICU doctor comes in. I call him Doctor Doom. He says this: So you have two choices. You can die now. This is I'm not changing his words. Mm-hmm. This is word for word. Yeah. You can die now on the table or we can put you on a ventilator but is not going to help what do you want to do and i looked at him and i just said no and he said what do you mean no i don't have permission to treat you and i said okay i know what you're saying you can treat me but it's not going to go this far so then he just kind of leaves after saying that um a friend of mine from knoxville justin allen yeah we know justin yeah you know, um, he feels like he's supposed to come and pray for me. At this time, no one's allowed in. He only knows that I'm in St. Thomas. Well, there's like a million of them in the area. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's not getting me. Because at this point, the only strength I have, I can answer about one to two texts in an entire day. Mm. That takes the, all of my energy. You know, my fever is 106.5 and higher. I have machines moving my body. So I don't get blood clots. I'm not moving. You know, they have to put me on the toilet. You're dying. Yeah, black spots on my organs. You get it. So my the breath in, in and out was the smallest amount in and out. Though. So that's all I had left. Just mm. like that's all I had. So he comes to visit me. He goes, he goes to three hospitals before he gets to mine. And then he sees a guy in a hallway. And the guy says... How can I help you? And Justin goes, I'm looking for Joshua Silverberg. And this guy says, oh, well, he's in this room. This is what you need to say to get in. 
you know, and this is the hospital he's at. This is the location, this is the room, and this is what you need to say to get in. And he leaves without thinking about it. Mind you, no computer. So first of all, that's impossible that someone would have everyone's database memorized. Second of all, highly illegal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you knew me, right, you right. couldn't get that information. Right, right, right. You know, if you were married to me, they don't give that stuff away. So take that for your will, probably an angel. I don't see any other way around that. I'm with you. He gets in at the exact time that it's even possible, drives up from Knoxville, arrives in this 10 minute window where it would have even been possible because they have a cop set out for me to to be put on the ambulance to be put on life support. Mm. And they transfer me from the bed to the chair. He comes in and I'm looking and I'm like, what the heck are you doing here? Like, this is so crazy. He comes in and I have this on video, the prayer. Um, he's in the suit, prays for me. I'm not thinking I'm healed. I'm just trying to survive. You have it on video? Like here? The prayer. Yeah. And it's just the video camera's up yeah. and you just see Justin in the mask and he starts the video, the prayer like this. Josh Silverberg being healed, part one. Lays his hands on me, prays for me, prophesies. So so he's recording it. No, I'm recording You're it. Recording. He's coming in and I just I'm like, I should probably record this. So... I hit record while I'm in the chair. I'm not in it. You just see him and you hear the beeps, you hear the oxygen and you see the mask. So they transfer me. I'm in the ambulance. This feels like death row. So I feel like if I get put on this life support, I'm done. So I give myself over to Jesus. You know, I let go of everything in the world I say, God, this doesn't seem like it's my time to go. I've got young kids. I have dreams in my heart. You know, there's so much happening in business and ministry that Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm even yet to see. But if it's my time to go, let's do this. Mm -hmm. So I close my eyes and I just imagine Jesus like doing the hug. I'm like, let's do the hug. Here we come. Doing the hug? Mm -hmm. What's the hug? Like... When I see Jesus, I'm giving him a hug. Okay, okay. You know, like when you stand before Jesus and you're dead. Okay, I got you. I was like, is this like a death hug? Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, do the hug. Do the hug. Okay. Not a wrestling move. Okay. (laughs) Jesus, give me the bear hug. Get me out of here. Um, No, this is like, I've left my body at this time. Right. We're going to do the hug. So I let go of everything in this world. And when I see Jesus, you better believe before we do anything, I'm I'm giving him a hug. Mm -hmm. There's... No other thing that's going to happen. So, uh, (laughs) thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Um, So, I do this, and at that moment, the only thing I can describe it as the mind of God moves into the ambulance. And the craziest thing about it is, like, I could, I don't have to guess what God is thinking. Like, I can feel what is happening. It's like our, our minds are connected, and I know biblically we have the mind of Christ. And the shocking, the most shocking thing about feeling like you're inside of the mind of God isn't the peace, isn't the all that stuff. For me, it was the complete and total absence of worry. Mm. It is impossible for God to worry. It doesn't exist in the mind of God. It's so impossible. So I just reduced it to the simplest thought, which is if God's not worried about me, why do I have to worry about me? Like, 
Like if you are on a shaky plane and you look at the stewardess or the captain, oh, they're not worried. I don't have to worry. Well, how much more is the creator of the mm. universe? Look at the captain. That's beautiful. Is he worried? No. So why am I worried? Yeah. I don't need to worry about a thing. So still, I didn't think I was healed. I just knew I wasn't worried. You said on an ambulance. So Justin prayed for you in your room and you're being transported? Yeah. So, so they put me on the okay. cot. Put me into the ambulance right after, after, after he prayed for you. Okay. Like you said, there was the cot outside. Minutes. Okay, I got you. Like okay. this all happened within ten minutes. Yes, he prays for me. Time to go. Put me on the cot. Put me in the ambulance. They're transferring me to to a different ICU to be put on life support. Mm. So this experience happens in the ambulance. Mm. So I'm after that experience. I open my eyes. I look at the oxygen and it's reading a normal number, and I do not think I'm healed. My first thought is the machine is broken, mm. you know, and I don't, when people hear me talk and preach on healing, I don't necessarily downplay faith. Yeah. But I just don't think we understand what that is, you know, um, 100% that it's not a feeling. Yeah. It's just a belief. It's the faith isn't a feeling. It's just a belief in an action that follows what you believe. So, I don't believe I'm healed. I don't have this burst of faith that I'm healed. I just start laughing because the worry is gone. Mm. And I just know whatever is next is awesome and everything's fine. Like, I'd have not a worry in the world. And that was the first miracle. It was supernatural brain surgery. For a month, it lasted. It was impossible for me to worry. So that gets removed. <laughs> and, and then I start talking to the ambulance guy. I'm like, so... Is this like a new machine? Like I'm trying to figure out if the machine's broken. Mm. And he's talking about it. And then it hits me. It's such a simple reading, oxygen. There's no way in an ambulance that it's broken. Mm. And then I knew it was a done deal. I was wow. healed. Even though I couldn't move, I couldn't breathe. There's a thousand things wrong with me that was saying I was going to die. I knew it was a done deal. I was going to see my kids, you know, like do all the things, get married. And then when I got brought to the new ICU, they said, we have to watch you overnight. And the next morning they come in, they're like, mm, you're not getting worse. We're not going to say you're getting better. You're just not getting worse. Mm. So let's just hold you one more day before we put you on the machines and stuff. Well, the next day comes by, they're like, mm, this is kind of interesting. We're actually going to try reducing your oxygen now. And then I was released from the hospital in six days. That ICU, the new set of doctors said, we have no idea how this happened, but the spots on your organs are gone. The pneumonia is gone. You don't need oxygen. Like, you're, you're leaving. And so I went home without cool. oxygen, without any of that stuff. And for people who don't know that situation, like, if somehow you're like, well, maybe you could have made it without a miracle. Yeah. If you did without a miracle there were people in there for months and months yep. and months yep. just trying to learn to walk, yeah. just trying to learn to breathe. When your body gets that decayed on the inside and things go down that hard, like sometimes they never come back yeah. because it's too, too broken. Yeah. So I had a dose of immediate healing and then progressive healing for the next six months. Incredible. You know, where I would, just wake up and I would feel God moving in my body for the next six months. Wow. And now I'm better 
than I was ever was Come on. in that situation, you know. Well, Josh, listen, I we can sit here. There's actually yeah. an, an, an infinite amount of things that I want to talk to you about, your music career, your creative process. But I think that I would be missing it if I didn't ask you uh, before we end this now. And I would love to have you back on if you would if you would come back. Uh, but I think I would love it if you just pray for people that Absolutely. are sick. Yeah. Yes. Um, could you do that? Yes. And, and, and we close this out. Um, yeah. Go yeah. for it. Okay. Is there a camera you'd like him to look at? Just any one of these, whatever's easiest. Okay. You just pray for people. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, that healing is not our idea, but it's who you are. It's your nature. This isn't some kind of name it, claim it, new age. If I speak it, it'll manifest. This is, I'm going to agree with the very nature in the words of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, despite what we feel, we are going to, in this moment, agree that your word is higher than any other circumstance that we're facing. That any other truth that we're seeing, that you have the highest truth. So it's by your stripes. It's not something we can add to it. It's not something we can be good enough to receive it. We can't be good enough to be saved of anything, healed of anything. But Lord, because you want to do this, we agree with this, by his stripes, we are healed. So I pray whatever you're facing, anxiety, depression, cancer, tumors, sickness, death diagnosis, whatever you're facing, we speak life into those areas right now. And I want you to just even put your hand on an area of where that tumor is. Put your hand where that pain is. Put, put your hand on, on, that, on your chest. Thank you, Father, that that autoimmune is being healed right now. I don't have to pray for it because it's done right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You heard of that testimony and you, you said, God, why not me? In the name of Jesus, I declare every sickness and every curse at the sound of my voice, you die now. We curse cancer by the root. Dry up in the name of Jesus. Tumor, I command you to go, to shrink in the name of Jesus. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, we declare the life of Jesus Christ, the lifeblood of Jesus Christ. Out of your soul, you cry, Abba, Father, every ungodly inheritance is broken off of you. Your bloodline is brand new. It only goes back to the Father. It only goes back to your real creator, not the ones who have had you, but the one who dreamt about you before the foundation of the world. We break off every chain of addiction in the name of Jesus. I declare you whole, healed, and delivered. Anxiety, you are a thing of a past. Whispering spirits that try to bring depression, that try to hold bondage, every place that you feel like a captive, the Lord has come to set the captives free. That's what he's come to do. So we announce the freedom 
of captivity now. The door is open. The prison is open. The key is Jesus Christ. And in the power of Jesus Christ, I command freedom into that room that you are in right now. I don't care what the bondage is. The Lord has the key. His hand is open. The door is open. Take the hand of Jesus right now. Come out of the bondage right now. Depression, you got to go. Mental illness, you got to go. Schizophrenia, you've got to go. All of it, you have got to go. Years of abuse and torment, that is not your story. When you look in the mirror, that you will no longer see someone who is abused and tormented. You will see someone who's loved and cherished and accepted. You will see someone who has hope and a future. You will see Jesus looking back into you. And the mighty name of Jesus, be set free, be healed, and delivered. And just right now, just begin to look for signs of change. Just test it out. You know, even if it's a fear thing, call someone up. Do something that would normally be like, oh, I can't do this. You partner now with a new spirit, and that's the spirit of life and the spirit of truth. In Jesus' name, you are set free. Come on. Praise God. They love you, man. Love you too. Dude, you're a powerhouse. You just go for it. I love I love that. I will never forget you praying for my buddy and his oxygen. I, 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 he, he was dropping in oxygen right after you got off the phone with him. Um, his oxygen tank was disconnected and we didn't know it. And he went back and his oxygen was totally at a normal level for a half hour he actually wasn't on oxygen and his numbers stayed the same and he'd been living with an oxygen tank uh he wouldn't go any more than 20 feet he i mean fully connected to the oxygen tank because he was so scared if it ran out right after you prayed for him uh his oxygen levels came back to normal in the hospital so we're not talking like in a home like in the hospital and uh they went to go check it, and they realized that the nurse had not even plugged it back in. It was crazy, dude. Like, yeah. Love you guys. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Josh, thank you for coming in. Um, we'll see you guys in the next one. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs>